friends if you find yourself on youtube or on spotify or apple google any of the millions of streaming services we all have to connect with each other i came on today to do a Substack read along for you i just created a post called an awakening after an awakening and this is the beginning of me sharing the last five years of my crazy spiritual awakening story and journey and continuation so to give a little background for anybody that has no idea who I am or ever knew that my podcast existed, hello, welcome in. Um, I had an awakening about two weeks before my wedding. If you do not subscribe to any of the awakening rhetoric, all of this will sound like very crazy to you, but for anybody that has experienced a spiritual awakening, um, you can understand how completely destabilizing it is, and the unraveling layers are honestly never-ending. So I've always been a writer. I've always enjoyed documenting my findings on plenty of the places I've been and shouldn't have been, for that matter. And I've decided to come on to not only share all of the new things that are happening with the show and in my life, but also put my voice with my writings. Uh, I have a very beautiful future self that comes in and writes with me when I get into my flow state. And I don't want to like say it monotone to you. Like I'm actually trying to read it off a page. I kind of want to act out all of the scenes and scenarios that go through my head as I'm writing um, like I said, April 19th will be five years uh, since I had this uh, paradigm shift happen to give a little background instead of popping up a couple of the TikTok videos I did trying to describe my spiritual awakening. Um, a few months before my wedding, I was having feelings that a bride uh, should not have, I guess, or is not normal by any means. And I knew it really didn't have anything to do with my husband at the time, or I should say my fiance at the time. It had everything to do with a bunch of stuff like coming up and bubbling in me. So um, I luckily had had such a hobby that I don't really think anybody knew about that I absolutely love studying different stories on uh, spiritual transformation, salvation, nirvana, samada, samara. I'm saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, and just like enlightenment in general. Um, I found my play, found my way in a very weird way, but I found myself always like really wanting to be a good person. Um, and <laughs> feeling like I always felt very short of that for whatever reason. Uh, through a lot of the studies that I have done on myself or found or even people that I've worked with, um, I feel like I've went through like a thousand therapists to give me different perspectives on the things that could be happening. And I have found a lot of resources to really understand myself on a, a very deep level that I didn't even know was possible for me to go through. So um, when the awakening happened, I had a couple things that led up to it from 
um, a heart, a heart chakra expansion in a yoga class with one of my favorite mentors, Sally, who's no longer with us. And, um, after that, I had a, an experience with BioWell technology. That was pretty transformative for me because um, you get your chakras like printed out on a piece of paper for you. And ever since that point, it was still really hard for me to do the I believe in things that I can't see thing, even though I'd seen spirits on and off my whole life since I was a kid. That's a whole other story to get into. But these... This world was opening up to me in a very dramatic way, and my logical brain was doing everything possible to kind of kick it out and keep my feet on the ground and obviously, you know, plan my wedding and figure out what I was going to do, continuing into my new life with my husband. Um, In the midst of the awakening, I experienced so many of the other things that people who have dove into... um, with intention yoga practices to raise kundalini energy in your body or people that have might um, decided to go the plant medicine route and have also activated kundalini in their body. Um, mine, I consider it to be a spontaneous kundalini awakening. I had experienced a short experience of it when I was about 20 and I think that was the first time where I kind of started down the rabbit hole trying to explain what could have possibly happened in my mind at the time or in my body for that matter because the things that I was experiencing really I could only find in like fictional storybooks. I had never met a human being before to even talk to about kundalini energy. So luckily when all of the symptoms started rising me again so did all of the memories flashing back of what i experienced around my 20th year on earth and i pulled out all of the old notebooks that i had written in at that time and lo and behold there's all of the research that i went in the first time when i was trying to understand this energy going on my spine um at the time Google really wasn't the big thing in my area. It was askjeeves.com. And I remember sitting at home on my purple laptop and typing in golden light up my spine, energy moving through my body, like just all of these things that I honestly thought were just going to get me sent away and never talk to again. Um, and I ended up coming across like chakra research and energy centers and bodies and definitely the serpent divine feminine kundalini energy. And at this time I had to give it more of a validity than I ever did because the things that I was experiencing were textbook spiritual emergency. Um, I had activated accidentally, I guess, or spontaneously all of the clair senses at the same time. And I honestly woke up in a extremely heart expanding, blissful state of awareness. And the best way that I could describe to people how I felt was I literally felt like someone dosed me with shrooms and forgot to tell me because I was seeing and hearing so many things that I was really struggling in the left brain sector of my mind. Because again, this is all like very movie plot theme to me. This wasn't a reality. So over the course of the five years, 
Um, I was talking to so many people that not necessarily had the exact same experience that I did, but they were having, having an awakening of some sort. And I obviously went down the universal conscious and collective consciousness rabbit hole and really decided that I wanted to bring a show in to not only showcase people's stories, but showcase these shifts that are happening on a everyday basis with people. But I think they feel like they're going insane with everything that's going on. And I bravely decided that I wanted to make a show really putting all of the different religions, theology, theology, stories, and perspectives on a table and just let us all look and dine on them vicariously so we can maybe see ourselves in these people that I interview or maybe you'll see a piece of yourself in me, the host. Um, we have a lot planned. There's still a lot of things that I want to show. There's a lot of modalities that I think have served me in the betterment of my highest timeline or highest self. Um, but there's also a lot of pitfalls. And I think it's truly a rite of passage to go through a lot of like darker things in a way to come out on the other side, like lighter and trusting yourself more. I know that in the beginning, I wanted to trust my intuition so bad, but with everything so supremely activated, it was really, really hard to trust things that were coming out of me. So I dove really, really deep into myself and meditation and journaling and trying to figure out why I am the way I am or, you know, why maybe eight-year-old Shy came out today in a conversation with my husband and not the 30-some-year-old. So... This is just a part of me recapping the last five years, and I'd like to continue to do these read-alongs to not only get the word out about all the writings, but also for anybody that's in any form of awakening, no matter what modality, format, book you pick up, um, I just want you to feel better about the fact that, you know, it's okay to come home to yourself and really connect back with that heart space. For a really long time, I feel like I lived with my heart completely closed off and closed down. And there's some amazing research about the heart and the brain working together. And I was honestly astounded when Greg Braden shared with me on a YouTube video that humans are the only living thing on the planet that can live with their heart and their mind disconnected and still go on with everyday life. I believe before my awakening that I was so ignorant on the fact that I was completely disconnected from my heart space, but I can also admit that I was one of those people who, if something happened to you in the past, it's in the past, you really can't do anything about it. Just, you know, move on with your life and kind of shove it down in a way. I had no um, training on emotional regulation or how to even like self-soothe or calm, my down, calm myself down in ways that you know, really weren't the the best for me overall. So coming on and sharing these vulnerabilities with me, whether I'm the villain in the story, the hero, the victim, whatever character I need to portray, uh, I'm honestly really proud of myself that I'm able to give these perspectives, but I also just think it's really important to share with everybody because if there's one thing this awakening taught me is that time is not on our side. 
And when I think of everlasting life, I do think of the soul continues to go on, but the character my soul is playing, who is Cheyenne, um, she does only get one life. So I'm creating a time capsule for everybody that's going through some type of awakening. And I'm also documenting it for myself because I think it's extremely important for my betterment. And also, again, if anybody's out there, I just really don't want you to feel so alone with all of the craziness going on in our heads. The physical world is definitely having some upheavals in it that are, for lack of a better term, disrupting all of us. And the ignorance as far as energy in our lives and how it's portrayed to us and sold to us and how we really are like energetic beings um, is coming back like full force. So I just want to be one of those voices out there that can hopefully ground the information, bring a little bit of science into it, bring a little bit of spiritual into it, God, creator, whatever you'd like to call it to make yourself, you know, feel better about what we're all trying to describe. But today we're going to go ahead and I'm going to read you an awakening after an awakening. And I'll let you know what we are going to do after this as well. So feel free to pull it up. I have the screen rotating at the bottom for you if you want to log in. I'm just going to read it all along for you and hopefully knock my monotone voice out of the way so I can let you know what it feels like when I'm writing this down. So it says, an awakening after an awakening. Is anybody ever really awake? I obviously had to start it off with Incubus lyrics. If you know me, Incubus is like church for me. Um, But these lyrics that they put in their song, Our Love, really, really stuck with me when I heard it after I had my initial, initial resuscitation. So it says, is anybody ever really awake? Just beneath the skin, always reminded, you can only live so long as a fake. Time is wearing thin, let our love begin. And please go listen to that song. They're amazing. So it says, I'm wondering how many times I can reintroduce myself and my beliefs as I stagger through the shift I was gifted with almost five years ago. Coming from a background in church benches, summer Bible school, and rolling on a bike in a humble small town, all the way out to a small family farm, I must admit to you on this platform, if I never directly experienced a spiritual awakening, I do not know if I would ever be able to comprehend the depth of change it can invoke in someone. I'm not sure if I didn't have this very personal experience that I would be writing this post to you today. I've been trying to make sense of what happened to me two weeks before my wedding. I've been a lover of Jesus since I was a child, but could never subscribe to the Boxton teaching that so many church benches were trying to show me. It's not that I didn't believe in his story. I just thought so much was missing in the story. I believe there is an ignorance that has been cast into modern day religions. And the day I dropped out of college, I vowed I would access the world as my school to find the answers I was searching for. Right before I dropped out, I had my class list in my hand and I had signed up for a world religions class. I had just experienced an expansion of perspective in a sociology class and was hooked to learn more of what was out there on the spectrum of God. 
My first day of sociology class, our professor opened the classroom with a movie scene discussion and stated, if you can prove the physical existence of God to me now in this classroom, in my hand, you have an A for the rest of the semester. My mind was frantically searching for the answer to the A. I deeply yearned for it in the academic realm. I was never an honor roll student. The school formats were a struggle for me, to say the least. I enjoyed the world of music and poetry. Everything else seemed so out of touch for me. So as I sit in my college classroom astounded I had made it to college, I was enamored with finding the answer. So many students replied with faith is the proof of God. He reminded them he needed physical proof of God in his hand for their argument to be made. I was determined to answer the question, but my mind was blank with delivering the correct answer. I wanted so badly to dig back into the banks of my mind and be victorious in handing over God to my professor and solving the mystery for everyone. Instead of being discouraged, I was not able to solve the biggest question in life. I sat back and listened to the girl in front of me argue with a valid point that still sticks with me to this very day. She said, isn't physically explaining the existence of God like trying to physically explain love? All of us have experienced love in some capacity, but none of us can physically prove it is there. I cannot physically place love in your hand, but I know it is real based on my personal experience with it. The classroom went silent, and the teacher, I believe, was also taken back by her answer. Although she did not physically prove it and put it in his hand, she did bring up the profound correlation between God, the highest ultimate creator of all that exists, or spirit, or creator, or source, or however you'd like to say it, and love. It left me hungry for more answers, and I was determined to pass that class and enter into the world religions class full speed ahead with deep diving into any and all the ways I and others choose to connect with the divine. As I threw my class schedule in the trash and I walked off the campus, I looked up at the sky and said, I don't know what the plan is here, but I'm going to go out there and search for what I'm looking for. Fast forward another year or so, I find myself in a thrift store in a small town, holding a book on world religions and gasping in remembrance that my quest to find any and all knowledge of the interpretation of God was still alive in me. Having a Christian background, you are taught that anything outside of Christianity and Jesus Christ is not the way to salvation, and most paths are laced with demons and poisons to knock you off your eternal path leading you back home. On the other hand, you are also taught that God loves you more than anything, more than you could understand, and if you repent, change your ways while you're allowing Him in your heart, the Holy Spirit will wash over you and you shall be saved. That was my favorite part of faith that although the humans around were not as quick at forgiveness as my creator, salvation could still be yours. My problem I found cropping up was Christianity was a baby compared to all the religions and theologies out there. I was particularly lit up inside when I found the word karma. In my younger years, so much that I tattooed the word on my left wrist along with epiphany on my right wrist. It made sense to me. In fact, it ran parallel to the Catholic teachings of do unto others as you would want done to you. I might be paraphrasing that line, but you get what I mean. 
I sat in so many different religious places that I started seeing strings tie between the doctrines that lined up with other doctrines that my eyes were not supposed to see. My eyes kept seeing things that others couldn't. I wondered if my curiosities were going to lead me astray or maybe I would take the long way home and explore all that I could in the world and the ancient texts had to show me. As I left the thrift store, I carried four books out with me. The World's Great Religions by Time Incorporated or Life, The Girl I Loved by James Whitcomb Riley, Saucer Full of Secrets, The Pink Floyd Odyssey by Nicholas Schaffner, and Meditation, A Beginner's Guide by Charlotte Parnell. Once again, I looked up at the sky and I said, all right, well, I'm going to go check this out and see what the world is into outside of my small town upbringing. I took the World Religions book and found myself having extreme thoughts of betrayal of my upbringing and my personal relationship with Jesus. I had always been big on praying and honestly talking to Jesus like he's my translucent best friend. I guarded my relationship with my relationship with him to the point that most around would presume I have no God at all. I was rebellious and at that age, very reactive with back talk and eye rolls. I felt extremely misunderstood, and looking back, I do not blame them for thinking what they did of me. However, I held on to my own convictions of them judging me that I was in turn doing the same thing to them that I was receiving. I sat on my floor staring at the World Religions book I was about to open, retrospecting back to the day I thought I was going to enter a college course to explain all of these writings to me and just close my eyes. Hey, Jesus, it's me again. (laughs) I know you see this book in my lap, and it's clearly not the Holy Bible. I think there's something missing in the book I was raised to read in for the answers to life. I feel almost guilty for looking at anyone but you, but I can't shake the feeling that something is missing in this. How do I believe in you and karma? How can I believe in you and reincarnation? I don't want you to think I am leaving you or I do not believe in you. I just feel it down in my soul that there is more to this story and there's more to your story. It's a feeling I cannot shake. And if I go too far, please pull me back in and put me back where I'm supposed to be. Please stay with me as I need our conversations and experience this life alongside me. I opened the book to the first religion. It was Hinduism. It spoke of karma and reincarnation on the first page. My body erupted in a passion like I had a grand idea or an epiphany. I had to keep reading and documenting my findings in my notebooks. At this stage of my life, I had never felt any of the things referenced in this book. I admired those that felt a deep connection to the divine energy that created them, but never really felt anything. I had always seemed disconnected, even though I said my prayers every night. These cultures I had never experienced were referencing spiritual practices I had seen in passing on movies. The energy they were referencing was so foreign to me, I truly could not comprehend or feel what they were saying. But I continued to highlight my favorite parts and jot them down for later reference. I was hoping an older and wiser version of myself would be able to make sense of what I was documenting. 
Or maybe, just maybe, that future self will finally feel the connection I had read so many others have in their lives. My favorite hobby that no one knew about me was sitting in my room, writing these notes, and flipping through these books on salvation, nirvana, and enlightenment. Looking through each belief system inspired me to change my ways. I was heavily distracted in my younger years and follow, falling into every pit I could in those days to distract me from a lot of inner turmoil. I had no education on emotional regulation. I just knew to shove it down and keep going. I would pick a practice up for a while and never fully build enough neuroplasticity to keep it. I believe I was still heavily wrapped in outside validation and a dying need to fit in with my surroundings. I truly struggled to know or be my authentic self. Earthly life kept calling, and that is the phone I picked up for many, many years as I cycled through my experiences. As I moved further and further away from home, all the traumas I had no definition for were swirling in me like a hurricane as I continued to believe that they were in the past and nothing could be done, but keep putting more distance between those lower octaves of myself. Fast forward the story two weeks before my wedding, and I was smacked in the heart space and third eye with a spiritual phenomenon I had only read about in books. Never thinking anything of such transformation could happen to me, I studied what was coming out of me and sought guidance from a mentor to help me understand what could possibly be happening to me. I reached out to an old friend, and she led me to all the information about what a spiritual awakening is and kundalini activation moving through the energy centers in my body. I was very literal and skeptical person before this experience when it came to the world of unseen energies. It was hard for me to wrap the idea around my head that I had energy centers in my body or floating around me for that matter. The closest I had seen these energies were on shroom strip, and when the shrooms leave the system, the logical brain will just chalk it up to what the medicine does in the brain, and honestly, really nothing more. Over the last almost five years, I have met many who call themselves healers and guides and masters, all human beings believing they have tapped into the invisible energy around all of us. I started a podcast to document my journey and my findings along the way. I've been in the presence of some who did not have my best intention in mind, but I do believe the big picture was to have all the experiences... <laughs> about the interruption uh my dogs decided to fight over their food and since I want to get this out to you today I don't have time to edit that out and pretend like I'm a perfect content creator so I'm just gonna keep going okay bear with me over the last almost five years I have met many who call themselves healers guides and masters all human beings believing they have tapped into the invisible energy around all of us I started a podcast to document my journey and my findings along the way. I've been in the presence of some who did not have my best intention in mind, but I do believe the big picture was to have all these experiences lead me back to myself and this digital notebook I'm sharing with you. If you ask me, I am in the middle of another unraveling, another awakening of sorts. I felt destabilized in trying to navigate the new shift in my brain and energy, Although I do not believe every energy worker I've come across, I do believe in the energy inside and outside of our bodies we cannot see. 
I know for those in left brain overdrive, it's hard to believe in something you cannot see, but as the girl in my sociology class states, it's more of a feeling than being able to physically touch it. My goal is to write to you guys on the updates I find in this ever-expanding journey and talk about it until my last breath. Over the new year, I will be recapping the last five years of all of the places and people I have sat in front of. I am not passing judgment when I point out the reasons I chose to leave these people in my rearview mirror. I am just describing the feelings that ultimately led me back to me. I do believe in the same cosmic energy that created you, the reader. I feel in some incomprehensible way we are all connected. We just suffer from the illusion of separation. Join me in this digital safe space by clicking the like and subscribe button, leave me a comment, and if you find yourself needing to peer into the lives of others, I have a podcast called Safe Space with Cheyenne on all streaming platforms. I'll see you on the next post, my friend. So that's the first one of many that I'll be recapping with all of you. Um, I'll probably do a couple live streams as well because I would love to get others' viewpoints and stories on whatever expansion is going on in their lives. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. And before we get off here, I just wanted to let you know that at the end of each episode, I also do about a minute of music, of music that honestly moves my soul and I would just like you to hear. I've also created a Spotify playlist with all of the music live that I've showcased and also just on Spotify so you can have them all in one place. I'll link all of that below. I'll link the Substack and anything else that you want to connect with on. I truly enjoy creating and writing and just trying to explain my human experience to all those out there. So I'm grateful that I have this platform and so many others to express myself on. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to watch the video. But before we get out of here, I do have a clip from Neovi, and it is called Destiny. So I'll see you guys on the next episode or the next video, wherever I find you.